The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. My brother just sent me, my brother lives there, just sent me a story from a distant relative of his who wrote this up, an unbelievable story, and I'm sure it's going to go viral. I'm sure, you know, if I'm, if he could email it to me, I have no doubt it's going to go elsewhere as well. You know, this is not the kind of story that you hold, you hold for yourself, but Mama's just, just showed up. He must have just written it because this is a fellow who was fighting until, until a few days ago. A firm fellow. From fellow with a wife, with a kid. And he said, Shabbos morning, he was called up. There was no official call up. His commander, his brigade, his battalion commander saw that. There's no way that he saw what was going on. He said, there's no, no way it's going to happen. I want everybody from the unit. I want you to all get going and get up here to the south and let's start fighting. And there was no battle plan. There was no anything. There was no official call up. It was just like everybody come. He said a few hours later, they got in the Humvees and they drove up to the south and they went to Kfar Aza. Now, he's a reservist. Reservists don't have their own weapons. When you go back for Milu women, you go back for reserves, typically what happens is that's when they hand you your gun. Now, these guns are like, are like you know, rented cars from rent a wreck. They're not well taken care of. What happens is a soldier takes care of his gun. He cleans it. He takes it apart. He makes sure there's no parts there that are jamming. He has to, he has to align the sight, right? You got to get the sight zeroed in so that when you're using it to shoot, you're shooting straight. Otherwise, you're the gang that can't shoot straight. It's not, those, those weapons are silly. You don't go into battle with a, with, a, with a weapon that the sight hasn't been, hasn't been dialed in. And he says that's when you go on Milo You first spend the first day or two making sure your gun works. Well, guess what? He said. He got off the Humvee. He got there. And they just handed him a gun. There was no time to check it. There was no time to clean it. There was no time to do anything. Very dangerous to go into battle that way. What should he do? This is what he does. He's got the gun. So he took his gun, went into Kvaraza. He said immediately, within the first few minutes of walking, they encountered a terrorist in a bush with an AK-47 trying to ambush them. And Baruch Hashem, he said, without cleaning his gun, without anything, without nothing, he said, Baruch Hashem, that gun fired and fired and fired. He said he did tremendous for three straight days, he was shooting and shooting straight. Not once did the gun jam on him. Or Hashem. Not once did this gun that was filthy, that was misaligned, that was nothing. He had no way to use it properly. No time to do anything with it. Not once did it jam. It didn't misfire. It was Mama. She said his aim was true. Three days later, Tuesday, they finally switched out his unit with a different unit. They'd been fighting for three days. They switched out his unit with a different unit. And he comes to a base. And on the base, then you go to the range. That's where you can dial in your sights. That's where you can clean your gun. That's where you make sure it's working. And he says, he goes to the range and he tries to shoot the gun. He tries to fire. And it's jamming. And he tries to fire again. Jamming, jamming, jamming. He gets his pliers out. And he starts trying to fix it. And that, the whole thing is fashtunken. The whole thing is not going to work. And he has to go to the armory, which is where they take care of the guns. They ended up having to switch out all the internal parts of the gun. He said the gun was broken. It was a, they handed him a broken gun. But Bashkoch al for the three days that he needed it, the gun worked. It didn't jam once. The second he gets back to base, he couldn't fire it. It was the only thing it did was jam. Do you see the Hashgacha? Do you see the Hashgacha al Have we had Tsaris? Shreklach Tsaris. Terrible, terrible Tsaris. But you can't, even within the Tsaris, you can't miss the Hashgacha al You can't fail to see it. But I want to tell you this. Amazing story, an incredible story that came, a tragic story, but an amazing story. Heard firsthand from the young lady who was involved with it. It's not a story that's made the rounds either. 
as you know, many, many of the people who were killed on Shabbos or the next day, many of them have not yet been brought to Kfuras Yisrael. Many of them have not been identified, I feel, right? But even the first week, there was just, unfortunately, there were too many, too many bodies to process. They couldn't get them all. They couldn't get to them, and they couldn't get them all out, and they couldn't bring them all to Kfuras Yisrael. They couldn't get them a Tahara. They couldn't do it. It took days after days after days. There were some that were picked up a day or two later. And then there were some that were not picked up for four days, five days. And there's a central place that they bring them to. And this young lady, from whom this story was heard, this young lady works in that central place where they bring these gufim, they bring these bodies to. And she said the first couple of days, they were still, I mean, nothing decomposes faster than the human body. But the first couple of days, they were still somewhat fresh. And the bodies did work with them. Said once they got Tuesday, really Wednesday, Thursday. By the time those bodies were coming in, they were not fresh anymore. There was a lot of decomposition. Rahman Litzlan, they were full of, 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 you know, worms and maggots and bugs and other things. That, terrible nivel hames, terrible, terrible nivel hames. And they had to work with them, clean them up and do whatever they could to bring them to a proper, to give them covered Akhra and to bring them to Kurus Yisrael. Unfortunately, many, Many of the people who were killed in the initial stages, they were not dafka at that moment. They're all Kedoshim V'tahirim. They all have a din of Kedoshim V'tahirim, but possible that they weren't necessarily in their lifetime Shemar Torah Mitzvahs. Said by Friday, anybody that was brought in, any of the bodies that were brought in, which is very, very hard to work with, very hard to even be in the presence of those bodies. And then there was one body that was brought in fresh. Fresh, like like this fellow must have lost his life that day. That day, the body was fresh. Nothing, nothing, nothing was missing. Everything was in place. Everything was there. Nothing was on it. The decomposition hadn't set in yet. Fresh. And she said, I don't know, I don't know what to attribute it to because he was killed on Shabbos. And this is not Friday. I don't know what to attribute it to, but I can tell you one thing. He was the only body that I dealt with that he had been wearing tzitzis. I don't know what to attribute it to. But this I could tell you. He was the only one who was wearing tzitzis. So I say, if you think that those tzitzis that we're giving to those soldiers, if you think that that tzitzis is not doing tremendous things, you're fooling yourself. The power, the kayak of tzitzis, when a person wears tzitzis, he is protected. He's nishmar, he's protected against averis. When you're protected against averis, averis are the essence of evil. Averis are the essence of ra. So when we wear tzitzis, we are protected from all ra. We're protected from all evil. Every pair of tzitzis that we can get to every single soldier, and a soldier who wears it, geschmack, unbelievable, gewaldig, what kind of unbelievable shmira we're giving that soldier. We are taking care of him. The chesed that we do today, that is our carbon. And we need to continue. Maybe they don't need any more toothpaste, and maybe they don't need any more chves, protective vests. I don't know. But I'll tell you what they do need. There are almanos, there are yesoimim, there are people who don't have homes, there are people who don't have businesses, there are people who are suffering today, there are people whose husbands are on the front line, and some of us have money, some of us have expertise, some of us have listening ears, some of us have ability to cook. I don't know what everybody's got to do chesed. And if you can't do chesed with them, do chesed with your fellow people here. Now is the time so that we never have to bring another carbon. We don't want to bring any more kabanas. And if we want to bring Karbanas, the Karbanas that we bring should be the ones of Chesed. Because that's what Hashem wants. Ki Chesed Chafatzti. 
Let's be nischazek in our tefillah. Let's be nischazek in our chesed. Let's be nischazek in our amuna. Let's bring the Rabbi Nishalom karbonos of chesed so that we shouldn't have to ever again bring karbonos chas v'sholom of basar v'dam. Amen. We should be zeichet to see a Yeshua G'dayla, the car of Mamish, and all together because of the achtas that we have now, all together, keep this achtas, hold on to it, and together be Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.